0: On this episode of the Missouri Catfish Podcast, we review the Central Missouri Catfish Tournament at Franklin Island held last weekend, and our special guest, part of the second place winning team, Joe Bell, and big fish winner with just a handsome flathead. I'm your host, Cliff Thornburg. Shove off with us, and let's get started.
1: Telling stories by the fire, cicadas are singing like a thousand feet And then says, did you hear that? Sound of the Appaloosa Cat. Bye.
0: is October 13th. Thank you for listening to Missouri Catfish Podcast. Our contact information is Missouri Catfish Podcast at gmail.com or you can find us on Facebook at Missouri Catfish Podcast and Night Owl Bait Company. It was a beautiful weekend. Started out with some fog on Saturday but just a, a great weekend. We kicked it off with CatCon which we covered on our last podcast but The Central Missouri Catfish Tournament was at Franklin Island on Saturday and that was delayed for fog for 30 minutes and that's traditionally historically a very tough bite or it can be there and with with all the conditions it was it was set up to be a tough bite and then Craig Shoemate and Gary Taylor came along and put in a hundred and twenty point four pound stringer together. So congratulations to those guys. That is quite a feat. It's it's an accomplishment anytime you get over a hundred pounds on a stringer, regardless of the fishery, in my opinion. But really in context to where this tournament was held at what time of year, although you can have very good fishing, to put it together like that, they were head and shoulders the, the class of it. We have Second place with 68.1 pounds and big fish over 50 pound flathead, which is a trophy fish, Joe Bell and David Burtz. Congratulations to them. Joe's been kind enough to be a guest later on in the podcast. So thank you very, very much for him, for his time. Our guests, obviously, they're not compensated. This is all just just a, a fun podcast to inform people about catfishing, get everybody excited about it. And uh, we couldn't do it without the guests. I drone on enough on here without the guests. So it it would be unlistenable if if we did not have guests. So so thank you so much to to Joe for that. Third place with fifty-seven point four pounds. A previous guest of the show, Chris Brenniger and Troy Phillips, congratulations to them. They're 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 great fishermen and and uh, it just kind of shows you what what kind of bite this was fifty seven point four pounds for them fifty four point four pounds Chris Barliski and Jeff Schultz congratulations to them fifth place twenty point one pounds Brian Saunders John Spatafora and Jason Schneiderhan Jason's been on this podcast before they they won the the Clarksville on the Mississippi tournament so. And that just kind of shows you, fifth place, those are three great fishermen. They scratched together 20.1 pounds, so that kind of puts it into context. With that fifth place, I think they've cemented themselves, I can't say, because I, I haven't tabulated the points, but, but they are probably in the, the driver's seat to, to win this points championship. But with two, two events to go, anything's possible. 6th place, 19.9 pounds, Gary Moss and Shannon Barry. 7th place with 11.2 pounds, Stuart Dienick. 8th place, 9.9 pounds, Casey Patton and Bobby Land. Ninth place with 8.2 pounds, Brian Hartman and Lucas Hartman. 10th place, 3.6 pounds and winner of the 100, pound, $100 small fish bonus with a channel cat weighing in at 1.65 ounces, David Hull. Also, a shout-out to David. I, I saw a picture of them. It looked like they all had jerseys. They were looking sharp there. 11th place, 2.9 pounds, Hunter Smith and Sadie Marie. There were 19 boats, 39 anglers, 11 boats weighed fish. Sponsors of it, Suzuki Marine, LSK, Power Sport Marine, Clyde's Disaster and Carpet Cleaning, Adams Logging, Anthony Adams, he's been a guest on the show before, Billy and Sons Mobile Homes, Cruise Lawn Care, CNR Automotive and Transmission, and Copus Asphalt. So good to see the Copus Cowboys on here. As far as around Brunswick, around, around our home port, Joe Mosier did very well this weekend. He caught a couple, a brace if you will, beautiful flatheads, a 67-pounder and a 73-pounder. He said, and he fishes alone, he's older, excellent fisherman the best set line fisherman i know on the missouri that he just so efficient he does it he's he's always catching fish he got the 73 pounder in his boat no problem but he but he said he really struggled with that 67 pounder it was on a trot line he said it kind of bunched up the trot line at the the base of this brush pile and And he he just was having a real tough time just pulling it in. It wasn't tangled, thankfully, and he really didn't know why it didn't tangle. But he had to kind of drag this fish up a a foot at a time and wrap it around his boat cleat and then drag a little more, get a little more, wrap it around his boat cleat until he finally got the 67-pounder in. And that just goes to show you individual fish, when they're caught, their disposition, it It was just he said a really really hard time to get that fish in his boat, but um he did and thankful, and what a what a cool anybody that catches a a pair of of fish over sixty five pounds that's doing something. There were some guys from La Plata Adair county that that came down to Brunswick and put in they had a terrific time they were they were catching fish to eat, I think they ended up with almost or over. Right around thirty gallons of trim fillets. So that was a party of, of fishermen. I think they had a great time, and it just shows you the fishery we have around the the Middle Missouri Grand River. Great time, great time had by all. On Monday, I went out, and I, I alluded to it, and with our uh, guest Joe Bell, didn't do any good. But the the water temperature was sixty two point seven. He had he had said um on Saturday, of course he's lower in the river a little bit, but it was sixty-four, so it's slowly coming down. Um, this flathead. You know, I was I was looking. Scott Brown from Odessa holds the the rod and reel state record at 77.8 pounds out of Montrose Lake, which I think is a, a coal powered cooling lake kind of like Thomas Hill and I've I've always thought Thomas Hill could that record could fall from Thomas Hill just like it did in Montrose Lake but just with Joe Bell's big catch Joe Mosier you know that's just a couple of the people I've talked to catching really nice big flatheads I think that record is is right there for the taking Um, you never know when it's gonna fall but that, that is definitely a record that, that's right there in reach. Without further ado, here is our guest, Joe Bell, and uh, thank him and congratulations to him, and here he is talking about catching that big flathead. You caught, I guess I'll get straight to it, you caught an absolute toad of a fish last weekend, is that right? That would be correct. How big was that flathead?
2: At weigh-in, it weighed fifty-eight point four. Um, initially, when I my scale must have been off because it was saying only like fifty-three. So I was actually a little
0: surprised when I got to the scales and it read more than what it did. Well, that is awesome. It looked like a beautiful fish, and you've done a lot of tournaments. I've seen you at a lot of tournaments. Where where are you all out of?
2: Well, I used to be out of Prairie Home, Missouri, just south of Boonville There. Um, but now i reside in jeff city for the past two years so so i stay pretty close to the you know got a lot of history with that river through that stretch
0: sure and and what about your teammates
2: david he's from mexico missouri so um he's gotten me and him's been fishing for six years plus i would say together and as we uh grow in the catfishing world we've gone everywhere you know but um we sure do love that stretch of river between glasgow and jeff city
0: yeah and and you all got second place and was 68.1 pounds i think and uh and most of that obviously was at flathead what uh can can you tell the listeners kind of how you caught it or what you all were doing
2: well started the morning off with a delay for fog and truly it was like pea soup so we kind of scratched our initial starting spot just because of the distance we were going to have to make on that run so we pulled into a spot that I had previously graphed the previous week um, and I never fished it but I marked some fish there last week on a tip of an L dike and we pulled in and we actually got anchored up on the tip of the L Dike, and we had marked a few fish on the scene and we threw out our rods. And of course I, we weren't fishing for flatheads. Um, I had known of the flathead bite from the previous week's bank pole tournament, you know, with the epic amount of weight that took to win that. Um, so we knew the flathead bite was on, but we weren't targeting flatheads one bit. So just threw out, um, six rods out the back with shad, um, cut bait. And we were there longer than I normally would have been. Um, we were almost there close to an hour before that fish bit. Um, and I don't think he was there initially when I pulled in, I almost feel like he swam was swimming in there to go rest for the day because he came, came right off of a short rod, right off the tip of the dike. And he swam it into the um, backside of or g- like he was going back into the L dike itself. So,
0: OK. And so and how are you all um, like, are you you tied off on the, on the rocks or do you drift back a little And or about how is your boat situated when you when you fish those? I call them wing dikes or L dikes. How, how are you kind of positioned?
2: We'll pull right up on the tip of it and nose the boat up on the rocks and then throw an anchor up on the rocks to hold you tight, you know, in case you get a a boat that comes down river, but just pulling right up on the rocks.
0: Okay. And then you're kind of, you know, there's big current seam there. So the one that you caught him on, he was coming back into that slack water. and and that's
2: That's the way it looked, you know, because he, I mean, the way he took it, he, he went inside, he was trying to go inside the dike with me and like i said it was right on the seam but it was short it was a short rod um and of course i had anticipated a very tough bite um obviously first place had found some something there with bumping and they absolutely slacked us you know as far as the whole field with 120 pounds but i was expecting a light but a tough bite and a very finicky bite with an epic cold front and um It actually turned out to be a pretty good day, you know, as far as weight-wise for that tournament. Because that tournament, usually in October, it doesn't take a whole lot to win it. Um, If you look in the past, it's anywhere from 50 pounds or less usually takes to win it. So, I was, I had light rods. I had very, like, my lake rods. So, to say you had close to a 60-pounder on the end of one of them lake rods on a current seam, It was probably one of the toughest fish I had to ever get up off the bottom, you know, just because I had no backbone in my rods, essentially, because I was playing it on a very light bite. So I didn't expect to be catching 60 pounds flatheads, you know?
0: Yeah. And and that is a, you know, we fished that uh, Franklin Island tournament before we got second, I think with like five pounds or seven pounds. I remember junior Polly won it right you know he had like 10 pounds you know it was just such a tough bite and and it's just really kind of hit or miss down there that time of year it's kind of wild
2: it is like i said i was going off past history and with the cold front and the full moon i was not expecting you know us to even get close to 60 pounds you know i was thinking if we had 25 or 30 pounds we were going to probably be in the top five for sure um it turned out to actually, you know, I think the top four teams had over 50 pounds. So, and then Gary Taylor and them had an amazing, amazing day, you know, with 120 some pounds.
0: Yeah. So, so you cut this flathead pretty early then, sounds like.
2: Yeah, it was uh before nine o'clock. Um, like I said, it was so foggy. We pulled into a spot, that spot, you know, we, we initially were going to run about 20, 25 miles and pulled in this spot but just because the fog was so thick you know you couldn't see 50 yards in front of the boat um so we pulled in and it was actually you know just pure luck essentially because we weren't targeting flatheads by no means but i was sure happy you bit
0: oh yeah and you can't apologize for luck out there for sure yeah. um, not saying it's all luck or anything but um so, so after that, did, did it change your approach to the rest of the day or, or anything like that? I mean, we still hit everything we were going to
2: hit. Um, obviously, we with a later start and waiting for, fog didn't really lift till after nine o'clock. Um, and once we was able to run, we did. We I can't say we were fishing small, but we knew we needed to catch a few more to be comfortable. Um, in the back of my mind, I, you know, tournament fishing, you just never know. And, um, of course we fished everything we had, we had previously fished, you know, the week before, but the week before we didn't do very well either. You know, we had a few fish, but nothing great. Um, but we was just try and pick up, you know, a couple fish to just go along with him, you know, and hopes that we could place pretty well, but I nothing for gary taylor and craig shoemate that day
0: <laughs> yeah they they put on uh, quite the clinic there what do yeah. you think after being out there what where where are these blue cats right now do you think do you think they're in a transition do you think they're going down river um are they on flats or well i think you can find them just about everywhere
2: i think they're scattered um they haven't truly hit that wintertime pattern yet yet i was fishing a wintertime pattern Um, You know, when we fish those seams and those score holes, um, we just, we were fishing that type of pattern. Um, But, you know, you catch 120 pounds out of, down along the channel or, you know, channel swings or down along the edge of the dikes. That tells me they're scattered. Um, We fish flats. You know, we caught a pretty good fish the week before out on a flat. So, uh, you know, I think they're, they're feeding up for sure, you know, because, the flatheads are definitely on the definitely on that fall bite right now, and the uh, blue cats were a lo- little more stingier. Um, but like I said, I think you know give it about ten degrees on that water temperature. I think the water temperature was sixty four degrees that morning. Um, give it about ten to fifteen more degrees, and they'll start going to those holes and stuff for the winter time, and setting up to be a lot better bite. I would think.
0: Yeah, and, and with the river down, you know, I, I went out yesterday, didn't do very good at all. I didn't catch a fish. I don't even think I had a bite. But, you know, you, you see those trail dykes, the L dikes, and you think most of the food is in there right now. With, with it so low, you know, there's big holes down in there. You you would think it, at some point that's where the fish are or they've been there or they're setting up to to Go ambush there. fish leaving it so, something with those with those big slack water in there
2: right and the thing we noticed um everywhere we set up we had shad moon eye or something flipping around us at some point um i've seen more bait in that river since the rivers came down than i'm not you know than normal um i don't know if that has anything to do with it um but I didn't, I have noticed the past, and out there, a lot more bait flipping, you know. And we have a hard time catching, you know, shad out there from time to time. And with the Asian carp being so, <clears throat> so much Asian carp in that river, you know, we just have a hard time catching shad. So, and I actually went to the lake to catch bait, and I think you probably could have caught all the bait you wanted in behind them dikes, you know, just far that we saw. Yeah, well
0: that's great to hear. Um, you know, you, you almost think of them as the river is void of shad with all these these uh silver carp, but yeah, it, it's it's good to see them. When you can see a good ball of them, it, it makes me happy for sure. Right.
2: Yeah, and like I said, we've we've noticed a lot more shad in the last since our river's really gone down since the last year, we've noticed a lot more shad,
0: you know, as far as what we're seeing anyway. All right, well, I, I didn't want to keep you too long, but do you have any? Are you gonna fish a couple tournaments uh, to end out the year? Or what yeah, are you all... we're, we're fighting for those points
2: right now. Um, we haven't fished as many as the other guys ahead of us. We still got. I think we've fished five good tournaments. We're in the top five in all of them tournaments. I think Brian Saunders and John have pretty well got that wrapped up. But I guess we're fighting for second place now. So we're gonna fish the lake will be at the glasgow tournament um yep. there.
0: yeah and, and that glasgow one you know we're going down there for sure it's in our backyard but that's a good one to end the year on you know it it's it's fun that the winter bite will be set up and it'll kind of be i don't want to say in your all's favor but you'll definitely be familiar with it definitely be familiar with it
2: like i said depends on the you know whether or not it's epic cold front or something and slow the bite down but the winter bite should be you know, usually in late November, we usually have pretty good luck out there. Those fish start finding them holes, and you can start finding them that
0: winter pattern. So. Yeah, well, is there um, anything else uh, you want to add or anyone you want to thank or, or anything? I like, to,
2: I like to thank a few of the guys that help us out throughout the year, you know, fishing these tournaments. We go all fishing, so uh, CIS, trucking, um, they help us out greatly, and then Morton Buildings um great sponsor of ours for past two or three years now and then mad cat rods he helps us out a little bit um and like i said just appreciate them guys for tagging along and helping us out you know because price being so expensive now things are <clears throat> it every little bit helps let's just say that
0: sure well i thank you so much for for being on here and um yeah, best of luck. It seems like the tournaments are growing, and the river catfishing is such a humbling thing. You know, nobody has it figured out here, right? Long, um,
2: anyway, the definitely humble them, the best of them, and it humbles me about every time I go out there. It seems like so. I also like to thank Shane. Um, he's like I said he's done a really good job with this tournament. Um, I think for the most part he's had pretty good boat count this year. So I like to thank him and his dedication for you know going the extra mile putting these tournaments on because there ain't too many river tournaments anymore I think he's one of the only one so it's good to have him and I appreciate the opportunity that he gives us
0: yeah and, and you know running a tournament I couldn't imagine it you you have to get up early to fish in one you, you have right. to get up really early to run one it it seems like a terrible proposition for me well
2: yeah he you know he I think a lot of times he spends the night at the ramp um i know he did at clarksville he was saying he came up friday night and stayed in his vehicle all friday night him and david and i'm like i couldn't imagine doing that <laughs> yeah it doesn't seem it doesn't seem fun but that's you know the dedication he enjoys it and like i said i greatly appreciate it so
0: yeah for sure for sure well thank you so much and hopefully you know we'll have you back on here with some with some even bigger fish here That'd be awesome. Thanks again to Joe Bell for being a guest on the podcast. And I did after that interview, you know, he kind of alluded, he wasn't fishing for flatheads, kind of lucked into that fish. And most people don't tournament fish for flatheads just because a lot of the tournaments during the day, flatheads are notoriously finicky. But I would say it's not really luck In, in a sense. He had good bait. He was in a good position, Eventually, you're going to catch big fish. If you have good equipment, good bait out there on the water in good places, it's not a luck to catch a flathead. So it was very fortuitous for him. It, it happened during this tournament. But it, it is lucky in one sense that, that it happened when it did. But in, in another, I, I didn't want that interview to, to go out you know, downplaying his success catching that fish because he was there he did catch it anyway our next segment is on the snail darter and it, it's a little of a reach as, as far as the Missouri catfish podcast but I thought it's a cool story just because our state very proud of our state I think we punch way over our weight in many things and uh the snail darter just shows a far-reaching impact of our state and the people of our state. Here's a little news that doesn't have much to do with Missouri, except it kind of does. The snail darter is a small little darter fish found in the state of Tennessee and it was recently officially delisted as an endangered species. So. It was an endangered species and now it's not. And that's a really big deal because it's very hard to get delisted. Not very many fish are ever delisted. And some of the things that were done to help delist it, there there were several things. But one of the really important and interesting ones was actually because of Missouri Department of Conservation. So when this fish was first found, it was only found in one river, basically, and I'm kind of paraphrasing, I am paraphrasing, or not exactly following word for word, but the podcast Fish of the Week had a a little episode on the snail darter, and it's delisting, and what I picked up on is the fish had a very narrow geographic range. They'd only found it in this one little river river section and they were actively looking for it. However, the Missouri Department of Conservation employee, I think he's a field station supervisor, Dave Herzog, had invented, made, tweaked this net, this trawl, that allowed for people to survey these smaller places for fish like this that so would ordinarily be very hard to find. And I first read about this trawl in American Currents, I think up in Wisconsin, they'd used the trawl developed, perfected by Missouri Department of Conservation, Mr. Herzog. And they took it down to Tennessee and used it. And lo and behold, they found this snail darter in a lot of different places that they had never found it previously. So it was there all along. It just took the right equipment to find this darter. Now, they did a lot of different things to help the darter. They reintroduced it in different places, hatched it. Probably the biggest thing, other than just finding it, thanks to this trawl, was they started oxygenating reservoirs in the Tennessee Valley Authority TVA, and that oxygenated the tailwaters, the, the water that was released under the dam. These dams, and I'm not a scientist, so I'll try to explain it, but basically I think they let the water from out below, which is very oxygen-poor, very cold, oxygen-poor water. Probably the thermocline sets up. There's not any oxygen down there. So to remedy that, they oxygenate the, the reservoir below it, or above the dam and then when the water comes through the dam it's it's oxygenated so it really helps in the reservoir below the reservoir and they're seeing all kinds of benefits from that and i think truly the the biggest thing that will benefit fish in north america to come are fish ladders oxygenating water all these barriers to fish either reducing the impact of those barriers through like oxygenating or or fish ladders or things like that or removing the a lot of these dams but i think that's the golden ticket to more fish environment better fish habitat so cool congratulations to dave herzog he's a an important piece of this and congratulations to the snail darter looking ahead As far as future events, this weekend, October 15th, I've said it before, at Cooper's Landing, Bart, Cowboy Bart, the music of this podcast is going to be right there on the banks of the Missouri River. That's just south geographically from Columbia. So they're going to be there. Jeff City has a Missouri River Relief um, cleanup if they may be full, but if you're ever interested in cleaning up the river, that's Missouri River Relief. Central Missouri Catfish Tournament, Kaufman at Lake of the Ozarks is October 29th. And then we'll wrap up the tournament year on November 27th at Glasgow on the Missouri River. So hope, hope all of you can, can make it out to there. I think that about does it on the Salooner calendar. It does not look like very good fishing, at least as far as that goes, with the best fishing occurring on the 22nd, and it it gets better, and the best day for the remainder of the month is the 25th, and then it starts tapering off. So it starts getting better on the 22nd, best on the 25th, and then it tapers off. Until next time, tight lines. Send us some pictures and some stories of some big fish. I was born.
1: Uh-huh.